Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, I'm extremely transparent with you folks, and why shouldn't I be? I work with a lot of people, a lot of companies. I'm on a lot of platforms. So I get a lot of irritation from time to time. I just do my job, radio, TV, book writing. No, no, no program director that runs this syndicated show will be able to put on whomever they want when I'm not on the air. I'm on the air all the time. I take less time off than any other host, period. We track it. That's not happening. That's number one. Number two, I'm getting a little worn out by being micromanaged on some of the other platforms. This title of this book, American Marxism, is no longer about the book, American Marxism. It's about the reality of American Marxism. Whether it's German Marxism, or Chinese Marxism, or Soviet Marxism, These project, these two words, arguments, ideas, a philosophy in response to which I am urging the American people to confront. This is what happened in Virginia, New Jersey, New York, and these other places on Election Day. It wasn't anything you 
happen to see on TV or reading the newspaper coming out of the Republican National Committee or anything of the sort. We've been doing this since I've been on radio. We've been doing this since I've been active. And I'm not stopping. I've been asked to remove the background of American Marxism poster on my Sunday show. I agreed to do it. I am not removing the book. This isn't about hawking a book. This is about using the language, conveying ideas, conveying substance. It's much broader and deeper than promoting a book. That's like asking me to remove the phrase American Constitution. No, I'm not removing that either. I'm not hawking the purchase of the Constitution of the United States. I am promoting what's in the Constitution of the United States. The arguments, the principles. And we will continue to do that. Period. I am committed to liberty. I am committed to my country. I am committed to my God. I am committed to the future of this nation. No owner of any TV station, radio station, book club, or whatever the hell it is. No program director. They're not going to interfere with me. I've dealt with bigger and stronger and better. And I'm still here. This is why I want to salute the men and women out there who have created alternative platforms. This younger generation of entrepreneurial patriots. Because it's not just Amazon and Google and Facebook and Twitter. Endless, annoying directives and dictates. Mark, what are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. This is why we created Conservative Review TV. This is why we combined with Blaze and Glenn Beck, and we have one of the biggest independent digital TV platforms in America. And by the way, I can't give you the proprietary information. It is huge. It is huge. And the only actual advertisement that's done for it, other than on the Internet and elsewhere, in the broadcast world, is on this show. The reason we have a huge Sunday show on Fox isn't because I'm on Fox, a cable network that I really do admire. I didn't ask to be on Fox. They asked me to be on Fox because of you. You patriots who listen to this radio show and read my books and others. You're the reason it's the number one Sunday show. You. Not the platform. As much as we like it. Same with the books. It's what's in between the covers. That's what matters. And yet it's these... These patriotic entrepreneurs. These constitutional conservatives and libertarians who I admire the most. I admire them the most. 
because they understand the need for competition. They understand the need for competition. They understand how life with the corporatist can be very short. Very short. American Marxism is a phrase they came about not because of a book, but because of ideas, because of principles, because of identification, because of concerns about liberty and indoctrination of propaganda. It is a phrase that should be used on our favorite cable network. It is a phrase that should be used in conservative talk radio. It is a phrase that should be used on these new entrepreneurial platforms. It is a phrase that describes in two words what we're up against. In two words. That's why it's important. Or we'll keep talking about liberals and progressives and lefties. That's not good enough. That's not accurate enough. That's not comprehensive enough. Two words. Two words. So I wanted to point that out. People will misconstrue what I'm saying. They'll spin what I'm saying. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. I have the third biggest podcast on Cumulus Westwood One, a multi-billion dollar corporation. Most of you have never heard of Cumulus, but you've heard of Westwood One with all the sports broadcasting and so forth. The third biggest podcast. And I don't even promote it. The third biggest podcast, which reruns my radio show. The day will come when that is all I choose to do. A podcast. A fresh, brand new, everyday podcast. As I wish to do it. Where I wish to do it. How I wish to do it. And yes, I think Rush was right. I'll have a camera or two. To make it doubly interesting. A podcast with a camera or two. And I'll run and own the whole damn thing. And I bet you, the 14 and a half million people who listen to this radio show will follow me. By the way, I'm not dunking on Westwood One or Cumulus. I'm making a point. All right, let's do it this way. Or the 2 million people, or give or take, on Sunday on Fox who watch me will follow me. Or whomever reads my books will follow me. Not because I'm the Pied Piper. Not because I'm a Svengali. But because we are connected. After 20 years. We want to know what each other's thinking. Because we're a big family. With shared values and shared concerns about the future of this country. And we're not messing around. We're not messing around. It's that simple. 
And it won't matter what Media Matters says or Mediaite says or this one or that. We don't care. We don't care what Philip Bump, some slob at the Washington Post, has to say. And then, and then he's basically plagiarized for all intents and purposes by some jerk at the New York Times. We don't care what they write. We don't care what they say. We don't live in their bubble. We don't live in their fake reality and culture. We live in the real world. Am I making any sense, Mr. Producer? Set us free. I'll be right back. Mark in. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this word, these words, American Marxism, you see. We have two massive stories breaking out in the United States and Canada, which were supposed to be two of the freest countries on the face of earth. We a republic, them a parliamentary democracy. Look what's taking place. Look at the spread of totalitarianism. Look at it. This has to be taken seriously. Very seriously. Thomas Jefferson talked about the tyranny of the legislature. And I don't think it's any accident that Trudeau is instituting all these things after he spoke with Joe Biden. Joe Biden and the Biden administration, behind that memo that was put out by Meritless Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, targeting parents with the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Criminal Division, the Civil Rights Division, targeting them with a national security unit, putting out the domestic terrorist phone line. If you have any issues with any parents at any school board meetings, use it and call them. Trying to silence parents who are defending their children, who are opposed to this American Marxist agenda, whether it's critical race theory and all the rest of it. Trying to threaten, more than threaten, people who dare to truly exercise their rights peacefully. They go after the parents, not the unions, not the thugs that run these unions, not the thugs that run the school systems, the parents who dare to organize, who dare to speak out on behalf of their own flesh and blood. Against this American Marxist movement, 
which takes many forms, as has been explained. We look at nurses in this country. Nurses who work for state and municipal hospital systems. Fired because they didn't get vaccinated. Fired. Meanwhile, we have this report out of Israel, another one, two days ago, that says natural immunity is the best way to get protected over the long term. Natural immunity, meaning what? Meaning you need to get the virus to have natural immunity. And notice they don't even talk about the vaccine anymore unless they're mandating it and trying to impose their will, whether in our country or Canada. Where's all the talk about the vaccines? Where's all the numbers of the dead on the screens? Well, there aren't all the numbers of the dead on the screens. There isn't a push on the vaccines anymore. Why is that? Because the pandemic has run its course. Why? Because of Omicron. Why? It was a variant of this deadly virus that spread among us, we the people. And many of you got it and you either didn't know it or you got it or it didn't matter that much. It felt like the flu, and then you got over it. And now you have natural immunity from that China, Wuhan, COVID-19 coronavirus. As the great private sector and college and university experts said, not Fauci. They don't even talk about it anymore. Quietly, Democrat governors are lifting mandates. Quietly, no masks. What happened? It just disappeared. So why is Trudeau, why are the leftists in Canada still forcing their people to get vaccinated? Still forcing truckers to get vaccinated? If it doesn't even matter anymore, or matters a lot less... They don't even talk about it anymore in this country. Power. Power. That's why. You will bend to our demand. You will wear a mask. You will send your kids to school. If we tell them to wear a mask, damn it, they will wear a mask. Or we're going to put them in a closet. Or we're going to suspend them. Or we're going to expel them. You will do what we tell you to do. They have tasted raw, rogue power. It's like a domesticated dog tasting blood. They can't get it off their tongue. I'll be right back. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. 
To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We watched during the entire summer of 2020 as our cities burned, as our monuments were pulled down, as we were lectured by the media on how we deserve this. We listened, we watched, we took it in the chin. People suffered. Cities still haven't recovered. At the hands of the Democrat Party and the American Marxists. We watched what they did to our cops. To our cops. We watched. We were disgusted. We watched. Parents did as they looked over the shoulders of their, of their seven-year-old or their eight-year-old or their 12-year-old and they saw the poison that was being indoctrinated and propagandized into their children in utter shock and horror. But for the virus, they wouldn't even have known about it. They watched. They watched as their seven-year-old was taught about their genitalia. And transitioning. And all the rest of it. They watched. As their children were taught to hate capitalism. And to embrace something called climate change. They watched. We all watched. We watch. As the border even tonight. Remains wide open. And Fox reported that an individual who'd been deported, who had raped a child the age of an elementary school school young girl, was back in the United States because of Biden's open borders and was captured yet again. We watch. As Black Lives Matter is called righteous, as Antifa is called righteous, We watch as the word reform is used for repeat violent offenders who stalk women and stab them as they go to their bedrooms, push people in front of subways. We watch as our stores are looted. And they hate us and blame us, you and me. We, the law-abiding, red-blooded Americans. Now we look to the north, our friends in Canada. The truckers. We watch as every mobster tactic possible is used against honorable men and women who drive 18-wheelers from one part of that country to another, down through our country, hard work every day, don't ask for a damn thing. They're not on the public dole. They're not demanding anything from you and me, the American taxpayer. They're bringing food to our table. 
And now they're the enemy. They're the insurrectionists. So we are told, and not just by the Canadian phony media, but the American phony media, I want our brothers and sisters in Canada to know that we stand with them. We stand with them. We stand for the status quo. We stand for the rule of law. We stand for liberty. We stand for treating adults as adults. It is they who provoke us. It is they who poke us in the eye. This is why I am called the most controversial person on radio, according to these eggheads at these universities, these tenured pukes who wouldn't know how to feed themselves but for the truckers and everybody in between. I'm the most incendiary voice on radio, they say. I said, I don't believe that. So I bought the book, and I read, said, gee, I guess I am. Why? Because Thomas Paine was incendiary? Because Thomas Jefferson was incendiary? Because George Washington was incendiary? Because Alex, Alexander Solzhenitsyn was incendiary? I'm none of them. Don't get me wrong. But they were thought of the same way by the government in power, whether the monarchy, whether the Soviet Communist Politburo, and now whether the American hierarchy or the Canadian hierarchy. We don't bow down and pray to Biden any more than we bow down and pray to Trudeau. These are two incredibly stupid men who have minimal experience in the real world. But they have massive egos with their small minds. And they have radical advisors. Put it down. Put down the truckers. Put them down. Put the nurses down. Put the parents down. Put the doctors down. Don't let anybody stand in your way. We're marching to paradise here. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? And then we have the spying that went on against President Trump, candidate Trump. And the media in America are in on it. They're in on it right now. They're trying to cover it up. They're trying to divert attention. Philip Bump of the Washington Post. He should be writing for Putin. Another couple of jackasses at the New York Times, they covered up the Holocaust. They covered up the slaughter of the Ukrainians by Stalin. And I guess Vladimir Putin thinks himself a modern-day Stalin because he wants to slaughter them again. These are not sources of righteousness. These are not sources of knowledge. Not even close. Not even close. Johns Hopkins comes out with a report, a definitive study. That the lockdowns didn't do a damn thing. Oh, now they tell us. No, we were telling people all the time. You're destroying our economy. Donald Trump said you're destroying our economy. Fauci, the media, the Democrats, and Romney and Collins and their ilk all over the media saying, it's the righteous thing to go bankrupt. Don't you get it? To lose your job, to lose your business. There was nothing righteous about it. Israel, the second study. Natural immunity is the key. We don't even need a study to tell us that. We had a governor in Florida 
DeSantis who kept telling us that. So what did they try to do to him? Silence him. Humiliate him. Destroy him. Well, the reverse happened, didn't it? They talk about vaccines. We had a president of the United States, Donald Trump, who led the development by his force of personality. Force of personality led the development of three vaccines. Never before in modern human history. And the liberal Democrats and Biden, for political reasons, all condemned any vaccines that would come from that administration. Monoclonal. An antibody that has worked for the people of Florida. That has worked for the people of Texas. They ban it. Ban it. In Canada, the truckers have said, we've seen enough. We've had enough. We know this is crap. We bring you everything. We bring you your food. We bring you your materials. We bring you everything. We've been doing it through the pandemic. We did it before there were vaccines. Now they are the target of their government. Not the criminals. The truckers are the target. And anybody who helps them. And now there's Trudeau. This fascist. If any of you people who drive tow trucks want to help them, we have a way to force you to tow their trucks. To force you to tow their trucks. What are we dealing with here? What are we dealing with here? What are we dealing with here? How different is Trudeau from Putin? Well, there's a big difference. Trudeau has turned on his own people. Trudeau is using the tactics of a totalitarian fascist, a a Canadian Marxist, if you will, against his own people. Against his own people. It is shocking to watch this. It is disgusting to watch this. We had a caller in here, you'll recall, a day or two ago. And he said, look, common sense caller, he said, look, if they're going to use the police, maybe even the military and these other tactics to destroy these truckers who are blocking this, that, or the other thing, then the truckers should just park their rigs at home and not work. Now, of course, they'll do this at great personal sacrifice. I want to ask you, the great patriots out there, Now you know why I'm hated. I am hated by the Republican establishment. I am hated by the media. I'm hated by even some media that that profits from my program. Who do you think Hamilton would side with? Who do you think Payne would side with? Who do you think Jefferson would side with? Who do you think Sam and John Adams would side with? Who do you think Paul Revere would side with? Who do you think the great men of liberty would side with? Who do you think Aristotle would side with? Or Cicero? Or Brutus? Who do you think they would side with? 
Who do you think Adam Smith would side with? Edmund Burke. Who do you think he would side with? The Canadian truckers. That's who they'd side with. For those of you who have no idea who I'm talking about, maybe you're 15 years old and you've been going to government school. Who do you think Martin Luther King would side with? The truckers or the Canadian government? Hmm? Who do you think Frederick Douglass would side with? The truckers or the Canadian government? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. These uh, institutions we rely on turn out to be unreliable. Many of these institutions whose founding fathers have long gone, whether it be National Review, the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, Bob Bartlett, who I was friends with, they've been replaced by Individuals who I'm sure are very nice. Some of them I know are very nice. But they just can't fill the role. And by that I mean they don't understand the times we are in. We have an editorial here from the Wall Street Journal. What was the title of the editorial, Mr. Producer? Got to dig it up here. They really were spying on Trump. Wasn't it something like that? Trump really was spied on. This is the head of the uh, editorial. Trump really was spied on. These dumb bastards. They come around five years later. They actually need a criminal complaint to know it. It was in the newspaper, you idiots. It was on news platforms what they were doing. News platforms. Isn't that what you're supposed to be about? News But they didn't want it to be true. Their hate for Trump knows no limits. For all the talk about Trump, Trump took 15 boxes back to Marlowe. 
Mar-a-Lago, he took 15 and gave them back because he obviously his people, it wasn't Trump himself, didn't know they gave him back the National Archives. That could be a crime, ladies and gentlemen. Same news sources, silent on spying, not just on candidate Trump. Now we know President Trump. Oh, that wasn't really spying, you know. Just like they use the word wiretap. The wiretap word came from the New York Times, you morons. It was their word in their article, in the headline of their article, which they since have scrubbed. That's what they do. They scrub their own history. Then they file for Pulitzer Prizes. Man, I got a lot more to say. But first, I want to thank our fantastic sponsors. I want to thank them who help our audience nationally and locally. You know, here I am a Philadelphia boy, and I got my start in New York. On the great WABC that was under the ownership then of ABC Radio Networks. And it's had many different transitions since then. Imagine that. Being on that station 20 years, Mr. Producer. Up against the Yankees, up against the Mets, up against the Rangers, up against this, the Islanders, up against that. And here we stand. Wonder why that is. They bring these legal, legal analysts on cable news and network news to, to give an analysis of what's taken place. Why? How many of them have gotten it right? I would say the closest one is uh, Jonathan Turley, quite frankly. And Jonathan Turley is intellectually honest. He's a liberal Democrat who's intellectually honest. This is why so many of his principal positions... Fuse with our principal positions, their liberty positions. It's not a radical American Marxist kook. So I would consider him, if not the top, one of the top. Often Alan Dershowitz. That's right. Why? Why Dershowitz? Why Turley? Why not some of these others? These former federal prosecutors and this, that, and that. Why? Because Turley and Dershowitz has spent their entire lives studying the Constitution. That doesn't mean I agree with them all the time. I disagree with them a lot. But their positions are principled and often overlap with ours. And by the way, as a footnote, can I mention this? I think I will. You know the five on uh, the Fox show? does very, very well. I'm going to tell you one of the reasons it does very, very well. You ready to be shocked? Harold Ford. Not the only reason. Harold Ford. He's not a radical kook. He's a rational liberal. Things he says I don't always agree with. But he is a kind, decent person who often makes sense. Sometimes not. But Harold Ford. Keep an eye on him. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. 
now broadcasting from the underground command post deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader mark levin Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number is 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, let's see here, ladies and gentlemen. We have a guy by the name of Justin Trudeau in 2013. Eight and a half years ago. He had nothing but admiration for the communist regime, even under Xi there at the time in communist China. I want you to listen to this. Hat tip rumble. Cut 11. Go. Which nation's administration do you most admire? There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime. How do you like that? See, <laughs> This is why I use the phrase American Marxism. You can use Canadian Marxism, Israeli Marxism, whatever. Fundamentally, the so-called progressives, this is where they are. Fundamentally, when the rubber hits the road, this is what they resort to, folks. This is who they are. That's why they seek day in and day out to put Donald Trump in prison. And if they can get away with it, this whole family. This is what these regimes do. This is what they do. I want to remind you why the media are in on all this. The media are of the same mindset. Unfreedom of the press. Lays it out. There was an individual on Fox today, I think on the five, I think she said, what motivates them? What's the issue? I thought, didn't you read the book? Unfreedom of the press? You of all people should read the book? Yes, they're of like mind. They socialize together. They breed among each other. They're of one party. It's a monolith. The entire book lays it out. This is why you're so smart. You know this stuff. New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman, and I wrote about this. I think it was in Liberty and Tyranny. He had and has an affection for the genocidal regime in China. Oh, he would say no, but what is, is. Our one-party democracy, I believe, was the title of the piece in the New York Slimes, which also has an affinity for such regimes. He wrote, watching both the health care and climate energy debates in Congress, it's hard not to draw the following conclusion. There's only one thing worse than the one-party autocracy. That is the one-party democracy which is what we have in America today. How wrong this guy is all the time. He wouldn't say that today. He'd say the Democrat Party is the savior, the righteous party, the Republican Party is the party of the white supremacists. But that's what he wrote. That's what he wrote 12 and a half short months, uh, years ago. One party autocracy, and he means communist China, certainly has its drawbacks. But when it's led by a reasonably enlightened group of people, as China is today, it can also have great advantages. That one party can just impose the politically difficult but critically important policies needed to move a society forward in the 21st century. It's not an accident that China is committed to overtaking us in electronic cars and solar power. 
But nothing about what, ladies and gentlemen? Civil rights and civil liberties. Nothing. Nothing. Friedman called for the big spending czar crazy Barack Obama. He called him a centrist. Our one party democracy is worse, he said. The fact is, on both the energy, climate legislation, and healthcare legislation, only the Democrats are really playing. With a few notable exceptions, the Republican Party is standing, arms folded, and saying no. Many of them just want Obama to fail. Such a waste. Mr. Obama is not a socialist, he's a centrist. It's a centrist, even though he was a communist. By his own writings. Then they tried to cover it up. He wanted to be a senator and then president. Now, Friedman has praised communist China's power to get things done before. And in August 27, 2008, column writes Newsbusters, during the Summer Olympics back then, hosted by Beijing, just as the Winter Olympics are now hosted by Beijing, he praised the, quote, concentrated state power of China. China did not build the magnificent $43 billion infrastructure for these games or put it on the unparalleled opening and closing ceremonies simply by the dumb luck of discovering oil. No, it was the culmination of seven years of national investment, planning, concentrated state power, national mobilization, and hard work. National mobilization, ladies and gentlemen. I'm surprised he didn't mention the Third Reich. Our friend Tim Graham back then also caught Friedman wishing America could be, quote, China for a day, unquote, on the Cobert report on Comedy Central, which is so great, by the way. They moved it to a network time. So great. Everybody, when they look at that one ear of his, they reminisce about Mr. Spock. But anyway. But this is a perfectly normal view. I wrote about this in Liberty Tyranny, I believe of the press. So when the press in America and the press in Canada look at what's taking place in Canada with the truckers, it's for the greater good. It's centralization. There's a national goal. It's long overdue, ladies and gentlemen, long overdue when you're throwing trespassers and paraders in jail in Washington, D.C. and calling it an insurrection. It's long overdue, ladies and gentlemen. It's long overdue. The same mindset. Now, a little over 48 hours ago, I pointed to Canada and I told you now it's a totalitarian regime. Now you can see all of our friends in the media calling it a totalitarian regime. That's the import of this program. It gives people cover. I'll take the crap, but it gives people cover. And that's okay. I say what I believe. And that's what I believe. Now, if you don't believe me, I want you to listen to this. Here is Justin Trudeau at a press conference. Cut 12, go. Today, to continue building on these efforts, the federal government is ready to use more tools at its disposal to get the situation fully under control. After discussing with cabinet and caucus... His own cabinet and caucus, which is his own minority party. It's a minority party. They're in a coalition. Go ahead. With premiers from all provinces and territories, after speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government 
By the way, the opposition leaders in Canada are no better than our opposition leaders. No better than McConnell. Their opposition party in Canada is filled with McConnells. So they're going along with this. Don't you think McConnell would go along with this? I certainly do. I, I believe it's an insurrection. <laughs> go ahead. The Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades. Well, what's and- with this Emergencies Act? All you have to do is say, you know what? The science tells us to lift the mandate on the vaccine. So we're going to lift it. Then everything's over. But no, 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 no. We got to trigger the Emergencies Act. Go ahead. I want to be very clear. The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. Until they hate them. So they back Black Lives Matter. You see, law enforcement agencies are all systemically racist. Capitol Police in America, the Metropolitan Police in America, all systemically racist, unless they're used and turned on the people. Then suddenly they're good. Go ahead. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. Now they're worried about protecting people's jobs. You had the lockdowns, put people out of business, shut, uh, shut down churches and synagogues. Oh, yeah. Gun shops targeted certain industries. The big box store stayed open. The little retailer was shut. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're worried about keeping people's jobs, like the nurses who don't do the vaccines or the teachers who don't. Oh, yeah, they're worried about keeping jobs, ladies and gentlemen. Now they're worried about jobs. Notice they're not worried about the vaccine itself. And the, they don't mention the virus, do they, Mr. Producer? We insist on the virus. We insist on medicine and vaccines for the virus to protect. No, no, no. It's now to protect jobs, which they destroyed by the millions. This is power hungry. This is what you see, these police state tactics. And whether they're exercised by a Trudeau or a Putin, a Stalin, or a Biden, or a Pelosi. They are what they are. Whether they are cheered on by Pravda, or cheered on by the Washington Post or the New York Times. For the individual human being, it's the same damn thing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple of years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on the Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new carrier. 
carrier. Ultimately, I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved $300 on my new phone, got 15 gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well, friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and this month you'll save an additional 25% for your first three months. Or just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Mark Levin and save today. Our friend Rick Grinnell, who used to run the uh, National Intelligence Operation. How are you, Rick? Mark, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, congratulations being at Newsmax. It's a fine operation over there. Rick Grinnell, and by the way, they put me on the cover of their magazine. Did you notice that? Did you see that a couple months ago? I, mean, I did, I did. I was my jealous. My goodness. Oh, me. Let me tell you. Nobody puts me on the cover of their magazine, so we want to thank them. Anyway, Rick, a couple of things here. The spying on Donald Trump. There was so much spying on Donald Trump, the Trump campaign, even the Trump presidency. It's hard to keep it all straight. And yet, as Newsbusters points out, most of the big left media, the networks, didn't even cover it. What do you make of all this? It really is remarkable. But, you know, Mark, I'm in the position where I just think we've got to stop expecting that they're ever going to be fair. They're never going to be fair. These people are part of the ruling class. They are for the ruling party. Uh, I spent 11 years at the State Department, and we would call this out if we saw it happen in another country. The reality is, is they're ignoring facts for partisan purposes. And really, we've, we, the rest of America, has got to stop expecting that they are ever going to change. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are ever going to change, but I do think it's important for other platforms to call them out because otherwise uh, they get, uh, listen, they live in their own bubble. They live in their own reality. Every now and then we have to puncture it. I'll give you an example. The Washington Post yesterday this guy, Philip Bump, who's everything his name says he is, he's a bump in the road. This guy, Philip Bump, goes on and on and on how this isn't the same, it's not a big deal. Then it's followed up today, the New York Times. Rick Grinnell, the New York Times covered up the Holocaust. The New York Times covered up 1932 when Stalin was starving the Ukrainians. To your point, can we expect any better? No. Anyway, we can expect better, but you know what we can do is we can have... Uh, you know, our own media cover this with intensity and and really embarrass these individuals. I mean, so many people want Pulitzers off what we now know is yeah. phony fake news. They should give these Pulitzers back if they had any uh, a semblance of, of trying to uh, work for their industry and make what journalism used to be uh, returned. But instead, we have people literally working for the ruling party. I, I have to say, Mark, if you would have told me that the, the Democrats and all of their uh, partisans were spying on the Trump campaign and the Trump White House, I would have said, oh, come on. There's no possible way that the intel- intelligence agencies would allow that to happen. But I believe it wasn't done without the knowledge of the intelligence agencies. Mm-hmm. The CIA, the NSA, absolutely had to know that the White House was being spied upon. And if they didn't know, that's worse. 
And I'm going to tell you, Rick, why you're right. Because on March 3rd, 2017, on this radio station, excuse me, on this, on this, behind this microphone, on this radio show, I pulled together 11 or 12 what I called exhibits. Being a lawyer, that's sort of the thing we do. And uh, these were published reports in a variety of publications, New York Times, Washington Post, McClatchy, uh, others. And I started reading them together. I pulled them together over a period of four or five months. And they all talked about this stuff, not the most recent, uh, but, but earlier stuff that was taking place, FISA court and other things. So we have to know for a fact that the Obama White House, Obama and Biden knew was in the press, that the intelligence agencies knew. If I knew, just from reading it on the air and then reading it on Hegseth's uh, show and then reading it on Hannity's show out loud, they all had to know. Did they not? Well, not only did they know, but where did the transcripts come from? If Democratic operatives are monitoring the White House, and we we have seen over and over leaks of President Trump's phone calls with world leaders. Great point. Did Hillary Clinton do that? Did her team leak political partisan manipulation of intelligence? We got to get to the bottom of this. I have to tell you, as somebody who ran the intelligence agencies, the mid-level intel folks are furious as to what's been happening with the leadership of the intelligence agencies. I don't doubt it, because they they're loyal to one, you know, to the government, to the country, one administration to the next. Their work goes on. You know, they're trying to spy on the enemy. But you're exactly right. I have never seen, you know, I served in the Reagan administration for eight years. You served in the Trump administration. I have never seen the militarization, if you will, of domestic law enforcement and domestic intelligence like this. I don't believe there's an example in American history, certainly modern history, with the CIA, that there's anything like this. And nor do I believe that we've ever seen anything like the media participation and cover-up of what's taken place here. So when the systems, you know, various entities fail us, that's when it's the job of patriots to speak out even louder, no? Absolutely. I mean, we've got to stop expecting Washington to ever change. We have to change Washington. I, I would say that this November, we have to send brand new people who are outsiders. I'm, I'm getting tired of people saying, well, I've never heard of these people before when they're running for office and making that a negative moment. And I say, you know what, if you've never heard of somebody, it's probably because they've been uh, you know, running a business and doing what they're supposed to do. So take a look at the people that you've never heard of. Don't just keep voting for people that have run four or five times, and that's why you know their name, because they keep running. It's a great point. Yesterday we spent a lot of time on two really long articles. It wasn't coincidence that one I think was in the Post or the New York Times and another in another paper about how McConnell is surreptitiously trying to control the Republican Party, trying to push out the Trump supporters. Then there's another article how the establishment and Bush is quietly fighting back in the primaries, quietly behind the scenes. And here we have the media and guys like Larry Hogan and Bush and McConnell, the same old, same olds, to your point, trying to stop fresh blood, people with different ideas, good ideas from getting elected. Please stay with us. I want to ask you a few questions on Russia. We'll be right back. 
Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have the more you save right now you can get four lines talk text and data for just 64 bucks that's not per line that's total which is how the average family is saving over 800 a year find out how much you can save so do this go to puretalk.com find the plan that's right for you find the phone that's right for you or just bring your own then this month only enter promo code levin podcast and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, Rick Grinnell... I have a little bit different view on Ukraine than some of our friends and colleagues. I think Ukraine matters. I think Ukraine matters. In 1994, we had this Bucharest memorandum where we thought it mattered. We helped do Russia's bidding. Russia wanted their nuclear missiles back after the Soviet Union broke apart. Ukraine said, okay, but we want territorial integrity. We want our security recognized and protected by the signatories to this agreement. Russia, Britain, the United States, and Ukraine. Ukraine gave its missiles back, signed the paper. I'll bet it wishes it had its missiles and gave the paper back. Uh, And so um, when people say it's no big deal, it is a big deal. That's number one, in my view. Number two, this isn't just Ukraine. I mean, this is a country that's already taken a a chunk out of Georgia. It's taken Crimea. Uh, This is a, a country that's quite capable of pushing west, uh, which is why I assume we're muscling up our military on the eastern border, <coughs> excuse me, with Ukraine, where we have countries that have, uh, have, have significant ties to the United States. But when I hear this stuff, and I'm, you may disagree with me, I don't know your view, the American people don't care about Ukraine. You know, the American people didn't care about Austria. The American people didn't care about Czechoslovakia. The American people didn't care about Poland at one point. And then all of a sudden, we have the Third Reich. I'm not saying this is the Third Reich. I'm not even saying this is the old Soviet Union, but I don't think we should be so cavalier as people with a public microphone to just blow this sort of thing off. I'd be curious about what you think. Yeah, I actually agree, and I would go one step further in that it matters for NATO and it matters for Europe. You know, I spent a long time in Berlin uh, hearing from Brussels and Paris and Berlin about uh, why the transatlantic relationship was really about strengthening Europe. And I, I told Chancellor Merkel that the reason why Brexit happened, the reason why Crimea happened, rewriting of the European borders, which is their, their, their you know, absolute uh, nightmare scenario, the reason why we've had the borders rewritten in Europe in the last, 10 years a couple of times is because of weakness from the United States. That's just a plain fact. When uh, President Obama and Vice President Biden 
didn't do anything about Syria and Libya and all the refugees coming and the the uh, red line that they said that they would enforce and they didn't. And the flood of immigrants came into Europe. This is why Brexit happened. This happened under the weakness of the United States and the uh, lack of response from Europe. And so I think that what's happening in Ukraine right now, and by the way, I'm testifying tomorrow in Congress on this Russia-Ukraine issue. I'm the only Republican for the House Oversight Committee. But the, the reason why this matters is because Germany is undermining NATO. They have a budget surplus. They're not paying their NATO bills. They're, they're belittling Estonia when Estonia wants to give hard weaponry to Ukraine. If there's ever a case to be made that Europe, the, the traditional Europe of Paris and Brussels and Berlin, undermining European values, the Western alliance and NATO, it is with Ukraine. They should be ashamed of themselves for pretending they're pro-Europe, pretending they're pro-NATO, and yet pushing these policies that really undermine the, the, uh, the NATO alliance. And so I think that, that the Biden team caving to the Germans on Nord Stream 2 was a diplomatic, strategic mistake that we will have to live with for a very long time because it sent the message to the Germans that with consensus, this whole thing that, that Biden loves, he wants consensus with the Europeans, they have a veto over U.S. policy. When, when the United States is saying we need consensus with Europe, what does that say to Europe? It means they get a veto over us. They don't share the same threat assessment. Just look at Iran. They do not share the same threat assessment that we do. I've been told by Germans constantly, say, well, if Iran did get a nuclear weapon, they're not going to nuke Berlin or Munich. They don't share the same threat assessment. They want to sell cars in China. They don't share the same threat assessment. They, They tried to work with Huawei. They don't share the same threat assessment as we do. Why would we go into consensus and water down our policy that is the opposite of America first is consensus with the Europeans? And I would ask those who, who take the opposite view, where do you draw the line? Apparently not at Taiwan, apparently not at Iran, apparently not at Cuba, apparently not at North Korea, apparently not at Russia. Where do you draw the line How about here? taking... How about taking the Houthis off the terrorist list and then the Houthis turning around in just a few weeks and bombing Abu Dhabi? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Where, where is Washington? Not a peep from the Washington establishment about the correlation between the weakness of Joe Biden taking the Houthis off the terrorist list and Abu Dhabi getting missiles launched at it. Do you think the UAE is, is happy that the Biden administration did a public defeat in Afghanistan. This is all about Afghanistan and Ukraine as well. We are overreacted because of the failures in Afghanistan. They've manipulated, politically manipulated intelligence and our military decisions in Ukraine because they wanted to send a different message than the failures in Afghanistan. And, you know, I'm not going to say, as every, what do you think the Russians are going to do? I've said, well, what do you think they're going to do? They have 150,000 troops there. They have 40 ships in the Crimea, 40. They have, uh, they have uh, 500 tanks. God knows how many missiles. God knows how many aircraft. 
They're building up their forces more. They either gonna they they're playing chicken with Biden. Either he collapses under the weight, or they're going to attack. Am I missing something? No, but I would argue that the Germans have already collapsed. They've already said, uh, under the weight of the Russian threat, we'll wave the white flag. And and I, I think that's the biggest story right now is is that the the Germans have literally waved the white flag. So what happens the when they do? Western facing alliance. So now well, we've got to we we've got to be tougher. I mean, look, they're sitting at spending 1.5 percent of their GDP when they're supposed to be spending two percent for NATO, and they're doing it because they have 50,000 American troops if you count the rotational troops. Mm-hmm. So you know, I've been in the meeting where Donald Trump looked at Angela Merkel and said, "I don't blame you for not paying your NATO bill. Why would you? You've got uh, a whole bunch of of U.S. tax dollars." paying for your defense but you, you got to respect the fact that i've got to draw the line now you've outsmarted all the other presidents before me but i i, I have to have you paying your fair share you're ob, you're obligated to support nato rick i want to i want to focus in on something i think some have done a great disservice to president trump some purposely so but some really by confusion and that is suggesting that donald trump was a um, isolationist, if you will, or so forth. I think, I think Donald Trump, in many respects, applied the Reagan Absolutely. doctrine, but in his own way. You know, look. What do you think? Uh, you know, we love we love the idea of, of President Reagan talking about peace through strength. But um, you know, I'm reminded of of the idea that all of the world leaders that I met in Europe. Um, and during the Trump administration, they, they would say to me something that they thought was a complaint. And they would say privately, you know, Rick, um, we just can't predict what your president's going to do. And I would always laugh under my breath and think that's exactly where we need to be as America. Yeah. Peace through strength is about having the ability to, to focus on peace, but you do it by utilizing sanctions, by utilizing the State Department. This State Department has been shoved off to the side, and Washington just went for the military option again of troops and uh, boots on the ground. But I don't understand why we're not sanctioning the heck out of uh, Nord Stream 2. You want to see the the collapse of the yeah what are we waiting Russian for capacity what are we waiting for are we waiting Joe for Biden twenty thousand casualties I don't understand yes he said he said a bloody war if they if they make a war a bloody war that he called it then we will sanction we are waiting to sanction the pipelines until there are dead bodies in Ukraine that is that there is no other way to look at this and and I think that that is shoving peaceful diplomacy aside and you know this is with a washington game it's always war it's always a military option and i'm tired of having the state department shoved off to the side and every time we get a tough diplomat they mock the tough diplomat as being undiplomatic as if you're supposed to just cut the baby in half as a diplomat no you're supposed to argue and articulate why america first is better for germany why america first is better for the world and i'll tell you who believes that right now the UAE believes that. Mm-hmm. And I bet all of our uh, real allies, that is, Israel believes it, or the other Gulf states believe it, 
I believe the Eastern Europeans believe it. Uh, For sure. You know, because they all have to face down Russia. Anyway, listen, yep. you're a font of knowledge. You're a great patriot. It's always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you very, very much. Anytime, Mark. Thank you. All right. God bless. Is he not a national treasure, Rick Rennell? He really is. He's terrific. I shall return. Mark Lovin. All right, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on the Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new carrier. Ultimately, I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved $300 on my new phone, got 15 gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well, friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and this month you'll save an additional 25% for your first three months. Or just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Mark Levin and save today. All right, folks. Gee whiz, the show is flying by, ladies and gentlemen. Let us return to the tyranny that is Trudeau and Canada today. Next thing you know, the northern border, they're going to be flocking over into the country, Mr. Producer. Can't say I blame them. Probably have more freedom today in Mexico under the cartels, and I don't say this lightly, than under Trudeau and the liberals. Cut 13, go. In regards to uh, Emerson and Coots, one of the issues that we have seen is a challenge in uh, getting tow trucks to actually show up to uh, bring out, to, to move these large rigs. In, uh, in Windsor, uh, we relied on a generous partnership with the Americans uh, to be able to get tow trucks to move the big trucks. Stop um, right there. Stop right there. That's a big giveaway. Our Department of Homeland Security, rather than securing our own border, is working with the Canadian government, as is the Department of Injustice, the Department of Homeland Insecurity, the Department of Injustice, and the rest of them are assisting the Trudeau tyrannical regime to pound their truckers. And I assure you, they're assisting them with technologies. They're assisting them on the banking and financial issues. They're assisting in tracking them. How much you want to bet it would be nice if a few repubes in the Congress would ask what? And to what extent the Biden administration is assisting Trudeau in his, uh, in his Stalin Act? That would be good to know, wouldn't it, ladies and gentlemen? And shame on any tow driver, tow truck driver, including in the United States, assisting this. Because they could be next. Go ahead. 
Now, with these measures that we've put in place, there will be an ability to compel, for just compensation, tow truck owners and operators to actually do the jobs for which they have contracts with various orders of government to keep just highways. Just listen to this. Involuntary servitude now. We're going to compel the tow, driver, the tow truck drivers to tow these trucks, whether they like it or not. We're going to, now that we have these emergency measures in place, we're going to go after their bank accounts. We're going to go after their insurance. We're going to track them. We're going to punish them. We're going to take the food off their table too. You see, it doesn't end. All this punk, that's what he is. You know, I don't like these guys that comb their hair with their fingers. Can you tell, Mr. Producer? They comb, they, some of them are on TV, too. They, you know they don't use a brush. They don't use a comb. They comb their hair with their fingers to make it look fluffy and cool. That's what this guy does. That's what this guy does. Another pretty face, unlike uh, Zucker. There's another ugly face. But you get the point, ladies and gentlemen. Now the tow truck. And when we come back, you haven't heard it all. Wait till you hear the rest of it. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 381-3811. Here's your typical media matters for America, Soros front group, and we know what he is and was, and we know what they are and are. Fox's Mark Levin says Senator Bernie Sanders would have been a Nazi appeaser prior to the rise of the Third Reich. Did I say he was a Nazi appeaser, Mr. Producer? These are sick bastards over there. Just sick. And then groups like Wikipedia pick up on it and use them as a source with a footnote. I say what I say. It's on the air. Millions of you hear me. We archive it for four years on my website. What's the problem? The problem is I have an interpreter that is a Soros front group. 
Now, I do think Media Matters would have fit in very well in the Third Reich, or any Reich for that matter, Mr. Producer. The old Soviet Union, current-day communist China, I think they'd be perfect Media Matters. I really do. Because they fit into that mindset. The big lie. Propaganda. Pseudo-events. Dark money. Funding their... Their positions, they're bought and paid for, sellouts, who hate their own country. Here, put that down, boys and girls. We'll link to it all over the place. Who's Christia Friedland, ladies and gentlemen, in America? She's the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. She is, in effect, their Kamala Harris. Listen to this one. Listen to her at this press conference. What I said to you, now well over 48 hours ago, That Canada has become a totalitarian police state. People are now using other words. That's perfectly fine. You get the drift. Because it is. Because Putin couldn't do a better job of putting down political opposition, peaceful protesters, and hardworking Canadians. Putin couldn't do a better job on his own people. Go. First, we are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules. What does that that have to do with the truckers, Mr. Producer? Are they laundering money? Are they committing acts of terrorism? So they're using laws that they put in place to deal with Al-Qaeda, etc., against their own people. This has always been the fear in our country. Go ahead. Funding platforms and the payment service providers they use. So they're applying them against crowdfunding platforms and payment service providers, like a PayPal or a GoFundMe or what have you. They're grabbing the money. They're grabbing the funding. This is, in fact, what they do in tyrannical regimes. This is why people invest in gold and gems and other things. I'm just being honest. Go ahead. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency, digital assets. See, the people who, many of them, including members of my family and friends as well, who have invested in digital assets and cryptocurrencies, this is their great fear. This is their great fear. And this is why they're investing in digital assets and cryptocurrencies. These are parallel forms of currencies. These are private forms of currencies. So the Marxist left, whether the American Marxists or the Canadian Marxists, cannot tolerate this. They must control it. They must drag everybody into their hell, everybody into their world, which is a world of uniformity and conformity. They cannot have this private entity or these private activities going on parallel to what they want. Because they can't crush you otherwise. This is why in our own country, they try and crush federalism. This is why the Democrats want a nationalized, centralized voting system so they can control all aspects of the election. This is why they try to pack the Supreme Court. This is the mindset of the American Marxists and the Canadian Marxists. And it is playing out, and I am sick and tired of the appeasers and the sellouts and the cowards pretending, well, these are just liberals. These are progressives. 
Something's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. I know history. Go ahead. The illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the proceeds of crime. Oh, and we have to capture it all because they're squeezing money out and contributions through these other, these other mechanisms. You don't remember anything like this against Black Lives Matter, do you? Against Antifa, they have that going up there too, you know. They wouldn't give it a second thought, for God's sakes. Not a second thought. But remember, Trudeau's a big fan of communist, genocidal China, just like Tom Friedman. Go ahead. Financing Act. Our banks and financial institutions are already obligated to report to the financial transactions and reports analysis. They control the banks. Now, I want you to remember, in this better buffoonery forward, or whatever they call that massive bill, remember how they were trying to compel the banks to report every time you received or sent $600? Remember that, Mr. Producer? Now do you understand why they want it? Now do you understand why they want access to your bank accounts? That's why. Go ahead. Of Canada or FinTrack. As of today, all crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use must register with FinTrack. They have just nationalized all private online funding platforms. Just nationalize them. Just nationalize them. You are now to report. In other words, you're effectively being licensed. You are now to report to the federal government. The banks, you are to report to the federal government. The FundMe sites, you are to report to the Canadian government. The insurance companies, you're to report to the Canadian government. Go ahead. Must report large and suspicious transactions to FinTrack. Unbelievable. This will help mitigate the risk that these platforms receive illicit funds. What are illicit funds? Oh, if you're funding the truckers, that's now illicit. That is at a par with terror. Doesn't that sound a little bit like the the meritless Garland memo against the parents in the school districts, ladies and gentlemen? People are saying that this is on the way in the United States. It's not on the way into the United States. It's in the United States. It's in the United States. They've been spying on the president of the United States, Donald Trump, and his campaign. And the same media that covers for the genocide in China, the same media that's all all gummed up with the Olympics and communist China, the same media that's on the payroll, the same academia that's on the payroll, the same politicians that's on their payroll. What do you mean they're bringing this to the United States? It's in the United States. Who the hell do you think it's advising Trudeau? He did all this after he spoke to Biden. We had a presidential campaign, a president of the United States, spied on by the opposition party with the help of federal authorities, ladies and gentlemen. 
and we have people in the Washington Compost and New York Slimes writing pieces saying it's not what it looks like. Finally, we have the Wall Street Journal editorial page, Never Trumpers All, putting out a piece. Wow, they really did spy on Trump. Oh, my God. Then you have others downplaying it. Like Andy McCarthy and our buddy Hugh Hewitt. Who is our buddy? That's really not a big thing, you know. All right, let's go. Go. The quality and quantity of intelligence received by FinTrack and make more information available to support investigations. FinTrack is the Financial Transactions Reports Analysis Center of Canada. They're going to track all the flow of all this money. And now this flow of the money is all illegal. They just grabbed the financial institutions of their own country. That's what they did. Cut 15, go. Second, the government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further... All right, they're now seizing individuals' bank accounts. Seizing them. Seizing them. I told you over two days ago, as soon as there was a spark of totalitarianism, is now how you define the regime in Canada, and it is officially a police state. That's what it is. It's a police state. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, there's several important Senate races in this country, but one that's particularly important and close to my heart is my home state of Pennsylvania, where there's a re- who's retiring. And one of the, the lead candidates, uh, and who is very, very interested in getting the support of the Republican Party and the people in this audience, is Dave McCormick. Dave, how are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. How are you doing? Doing very, very well. Well, first of all, tell the audience a little bit about your background. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, You know, I'm a seventh-generation Pennsylvanian. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania right outside of Scranton and uh, uh, baled hay and trimmed Christmas trees on the family farm when I was growing up and played sports, and sports got me to West Point. And uh, I wrestled at West Point and and then went on from there to the 82nd Airborne Division, which... uh, uh, deployed at the time to the Gulf War, and I was a, a paratrooper and a ranger, and I uh, served in the first Gulf War. And so I had the opportunity to serve in the military for nine years and then came back to Pennsylvania after I left the Army, and I, I joined a company in Pittsburgh and grew it, and we uh, became the CEO, and we added 600 jobs. So uh, Pennsylvania has been a big part of my life, and uh, and I, I, I really uh, feel like I've lived the American dream. I feel like Pennsylvania and America gave me everything I I could possibly want. And I think the country's going in a really terrible direction, Mark. So I'm running to, you know, push back on the weakness and the wokeness I see across our country and, and hopefully make a big difference and, uh, and have uh, the American dream that was so great for me be available for our kids. You recently went down to the border 
what kind of impression did that leave? And what do you see as the top two, three, four issues for the country? You know, the, the border is certainly one of them. I mean, you know, you, you listen to the television and you can't actually overstate the crisis at the border. And I, I wanted to see it uh, for myself. But it was remarkable. I flew into Yuma. I spent the day with the Border Patrol and the, the local sheriff in Yuma, the mayor, and some farmers that are right on the border. And just to give you a sense of the crisis, Mark, and why this matters to Pennsylvania, uh, a year ago, there would be about 32 uh, illegal immigrants that would be captured, 30 or so, um, on the 150-mile strip uh, that the Yuma uh, sector includes. And, uh, and today... There's a thousand a day that are processed. Those are just the illegal immigrants that are processed and go through the, uh, the, the and ultimately are, are, are let go in our country. Um, and that doesn't account for the many that, uh, that aren't captured, particularly because the Border Patrol is, is overwhelmed. And, and it takes about two days uh, for some portion of those illegal immigrants to make their way to the Northeast. And we see it in Pennsylvania. We see a doubling in, in fentanyl coming into our commonwealth, which, uh, which is a, a real tragedy. And many of these, uh, these small towns outside of Pittsburgh and around the, around the commonwealth. And we see it in crime uh, in our sanctuary cities like Philadelphia, uh, close to your home, where we have the highest murder rate in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in modern history. So it's a real crisis, and it's, it's affecting the whole country. How do you intend to appeal to Pennsylvania conservatives as well as um, some more moderate Democrats in the state. You know, Pennsylvania has a lot of moderate Democrats between uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, central Pennsylvania and so forth. How, how do you hope to appeal to all these folks? You know, I think, uh, I think just on, on the facts, frankly, if you had a split, uh, split screen television and you looked at the country today and the country just a year ago, mm-hmm. if you look at inflation, a 40-year high, you know this, and that kills working families because of the socialist economic policies of Biden. If you look at energy, Pennsylvania, if, if Pennsylvania were a country, Mark, it would be the fourth largest country in the world for natural gas reserves. The energy industry has been crushed by the policies of, uh, of Biden and, uh, and Pelosi and Schumer. Border, open borders have had a huge impact. Our schools, uh, our schools are really uh, a disaster. We saw that in Virginia. We see it in Pennsylvania where the government uh, mandated uh, masks and vaccines and so forth as well as the curriculums are describing a history of america i don't even recognize so i think that those aren't republican issues i mean pennsylvanians um see this as the crisis that it is and that you see that in in biden's poll numbers and so i think i'll appeal on the on the facts that we need new leadership and that uh that the agenda president trump had in place was really taking our country in, in the right direction and uh, and the policies we have now are taking our country in a direction where in a, in a couple of years we won't recognize it. Now, you know, America, we have candidates on here from time to time from different states. Some of you may say, well, I'm not from Pennsylvania. Why does this bother me? Because we only have 100 senators and they all vote on issues that affect each and every one of us. And if you want to get involved in a race or this race in particular, I want to give you the opportunity by listening to the candidate. Now, Dave McCormick, let me ask you this question. Uh, how is your name ID in the state? Are you having to struggle on that? Are you trying to address that and so forth? Well, you know, I'm, I'm certainly trying to address it. So, you know, I've been a, a business guy uh, for, you know, most of my life, uh, other than the military. 
and uh, I haven't spent a lot of time focusing on my name ID. So I'm coming to politics as an outsider. And, um, and so I, I haven't had a uh, name ID early on. Um, I've, spent, uh, I've spent resources and time over the last six weeks or so building name ID, and I've, I've had a lot of success with that. I had, some commer- I had a commercial with my high school buddies, which, uh, which became a big uh, viral hit. And, uh, and so my name recognition has gone up pretty dramatically. And the way I'm running the campaign, I'm, I've got my Ford F-150 pickup which uh, is on my family farm that, I've, uh, that my family's had for 45 years. I've owned it for 10. And I'm driving across the Commonwealth, 67 counties, every county, meeting people, grassroots, insurgency. And then I'm running a media campaign to, to really introduce myself to the voters and crystallize the issues that we're talking about, the kitchen table issues that Pennsylvanians feel, and make the case for why somebody with my background, as somebody who's an outsider, who's been, been battle-tested, someone who's Pennsylvania True can really go to Washington with no obligations other than to represent the people of Pennsylvania. And, and frankly, All right, we're going to take a short break, Dave. We're going to take a short break. So you have another segment after the bottom of the hour. We'll continue. Dave McCormick wants to serve Pennsylvania in the U.S. Senate. Really serve all of us in the U.S. Senate. So it's an important, an important race. We'll be right back. Radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. We're talking to Dave McCormick, a candidate for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, which affects each and every one of us. Dave, if people want to support you or help you, where do they go? Uh, They can go to uh, DaveMcCormickPA.com, and uh, you'll find a lot more about my campaign there, and you'll also see... Uh, the Super Bowl I, uh, ad that I ran, which uh, which got a lot of attention, Mark. You may have seen it, but uh, was really sort of a, a playoff of the Let's Go Brandon, uh, which there's been such outrage about that. And uh, and my question in the ad is, where's the outrage about the you know 40-year high in inflation, the rampant crime in our cities, the spike in traffic of fentanyl, the and and the disgraceful lack of accountability for the 13 service members that died in Afghanistan. Where, where's the outrage? So, so the ad captures that. It's, uh, it's gotten a lot of attention. Now, um, when it comes to foreign policy, you look at what Russia's doing, you look at what's going on with Iran, how we're bending over backwards. Xi looks like he's on the move. What do you make of all this? Well, listen, it, it goes back to the basic lessons you and I learned on the playground, which is that if you show weakness... Uh, the bully's going to test your weakness, test you. And that's what's happening, I think, with Afghanistan, but a number of other things. But Afghanistan in particular, the Biden administration showed weakness. It showed uh, a lack of strategic clarity, a lack of strength. And we're being tested. We're being tested by Putin. Putin's moves were also encouraged by the approval of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, by the nuclear deal that the Biden administration did right when it came into office. But we're also seeing, as you say, Iran, uh, we're seeing North Korea, we're seeing China. They're all moving in the direction to test America's strength because uh, they believe uh, that we don't have strong leadership at our helm. And that's a that's a real problem that we're going to have to uh, navigate in the near term and we're going to have to replace him and the weak leadership in the medium term. Now, you're a combat veteran, correct? Yes, sir. 
How many combat veterans are running in this primary on the Republican side? Well, there's uh, there's no other combat veterans running in the primary. Uh, there, uh, there's uh, another Kathy Barnett who's a veteran, and uh, Mehmet Oz is running, but Mehmet Oz is a uh, served in the Turkish military, and so I'm the only um, I'm the only combat veteran. And I think that matters because it uh, you know that commitment to service uh, uh, that I've demonstrated is emblematic of the kind of leadership I'll bring to the Senate, which is, I recognize it's not about me. I recognize it's about the people that I represent, and I plan to bring that kind of uh, duty, honor, country orientation that I learned at West Point to my uh, duties in the Senate. Let me ask you a tough question here, Dave. Uh, the United States Senate, the Republican leader is Mitch McConnell. There are, uh, there are different elements within the Republican Party in the United States Senate. If you feel you need to stand up to the Republican leadership, will you have the guts to stand? I'm not saying look for a fight, but will you have the guts to stand up to the Republican leadership? We look at Ted Cruz and Mike Lee and Rand Paul and some others. What do you think? Yeah, listen, if you're sitting where I'm sitting and you make the decision to, uh, you know, to uh, give up the career I had to come run for the Senate, the privilege, and I view it as a privilege to both run and to represent the people of Pennsylvania. I'm not doing this uh, to be part of the club. I'm doing this to make a difference. I'm doing this to kick butt, to push back on the terrible set of policies that we see. I've got no obligation to anyone. I'm not beholden to anyone. I'm a self-made person. And uh, and I'll come with that orientation. I'm going to uh, term limit myself to two terms. I'm going to come with the explicit goal of making a difference, pushing back on everything that I think doesn't make sense, and, and being a real leader, uh, being a real leader and a real fighter for the people of Pennsylvania. I can already tell from my time on the, on the, on the road across our Commonwealth that's what they want, that's what they need, that's what the job is, and that's, uh, that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being a senator, uh, being one of a hundred and, the old timers there, the, what I hear is uh, that the, in both parties, the leadership, they expect these young whippersnappers to just get along. You know, some have been there six terms for crying out loud. You're term limiting yourself to term limits, you said, two terms. You're not going to have time to just go along, are you? You don't have time to go along. And, and listen, uh, I think you you share my belief based on what I've read, it, read uh, you've written and what, what I've heard you say. I think we're at a, we're at a crisis. Uh, we're at a moment where the issues facing our leaders are uh, enormously complex, the stakes are high, and I, I would expect to be a real leader on those complex issues. I have a unique combination of military background, a deep understanding of national security, a deep understanding of, of economic policy, someone who's created jobs in two companies. And that's where, you know, really, that's where our strategic focus is. It's at the intersection of economics and intersection of national security. And I expect uh, to be a real leader. I don't think uh, seniority, uh, the thing I've learned in business is that seniority isn't where the good ideas necessarily are. Uh, the good ideas are where the good ideas are. Now, so I'll be someone who will fight for those ideas, someone who will be independent. And I want to say one other thing, uh, Mark, because I, uh, you know, just given your career, I, I've been spending the last 10 minutes telling you all the things that are going wrong in our country. And I, I deeply believe those. I think the stakes could not be higher. But at the same time, um, I'm an optimist. I'm a, I'm a happy warrior. And, uh, and the reason I'm a happy warrior is this is what's happened over and over again in America. We've gotten ourselves to the, to the edge of the cliff, 
and we found a way through it. And, and you and I both remember well uh, 1979 is an example where we had double digit inflation and we had malaise and we had uh, Jimmy Carter and Desert One and it, and the country gas lines around the block OPEC uh, having us uh, in a vice grip and um, and and three years later I remember walking the halls at West Point it was morning in America and Jimmy Carter gave us Ronald Reagan and the Reagan Revolution brought dramatic changes to our country that you were part of that took us in a completely different direction. And, and leadership matters. And so uh, I would hope to be someone who could be part of that revolution. Um, I think we're, we're primed for revolution. I think the bad ideas of our current administration are showing uh, the direction for our future, which is the opposite direction. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I can be part of that as uh, Pennsylvania's next senator. Now, Donald Trump has not endorsed anybody in the Republican primary at this point, has he? Uh, he has not. He had uh, uh, initially in- endorsed Sean Purnell, and Sean had pulled out of the race, and uh, he's he's stayed on the sidelines thus far. I, I know President Trump uh, uh, pretty well. Uh, my wife uh, served in his administration for, for two years, and I had the chance to get to know him. I served on a defense policy board that he asked me to be part of. And so uh, I'm uh, very admiring of what he did uh, in his administration and the direction he took the country, and uh and we'll see what he does in this race. I'd certainly be uh, thrilled if he decided to uh, come into the race and support me, but, uh, but I'm not sure what he'll do. And yet you have several of the people who work for him have endorsed you, haven't they? I've had a great set of endorsements. Yeah, I've had uh, Ted Cruz endorse me and, and did a, a great set of events in uh, Pennsylvania and obviously uh, is, is, is a big figure in, in our conservative movement. Uh, Mike Pompeo, who's a, a good friend from West Point, uh, endorsed me uh, as well, and Sarah Huckabee has endorsed me. So I've had uh, a great set of endorsements, and um, I uh, feel like my campaign's picking up great momentum, and uh, I'm excited about it. You know, it's a good it's a good sign when you want to jump out of bed every morning and go uh, go meet the people of Pennsylvania. And I feel like uh, I'm doing that, and I feel like it's a great privilege to do so. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to learn more, you can go to DaveMcCormickPA.com, Dave, M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K-P-A.com. As you know, senators from other states impact what happens to us. We talk about these other senators all the time, so I thought it was important in the Pennsylvania Republican primary because Pennsylvania is a key state. They can make a determination of whether or not we control the senate or not. And Dave, frankly, has reached out to me on several occasions and uh, has wanted to talk over the issues with me. And most people don't do that, quite frankly. So I wanted to give you an opportunity, Dave. And uh, any closing comments to the audience? Well, listen, just as you said, this is, the stakes are high. You know, there's, uh, we're, in a, we're at the, this critical moment in the country, and, you know, I think it's a time for all of us to ask ourselves what we can do, make sure we push back on, the, on these bad ideas and really push our country in the right direction, the direction that uh, uh, is is laid out in, in good conservative principles and policies. And so this is my way to try to do that. I'm uh, uh, honored to be on your show and have the chance to talk to your uh, listeners. So thanks for having me, Mark. All right, Dave. Good luck. Best to your family. And God bless you. And thanks for your service. You too. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for thanks for being there. Bye-bye. That's Dave McCormick, PA.com, Dave, M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K-P-A.com, if you want to learn more about him. Uh, we've invited Oz on the program. We've invited Carla Sands on the program. That's about it. I don't even, the others don't matter to me.
I'm just being honest with you. Uh, I'm also looking over other states where we'll do a similar thing. Dave McCormick is a very solid guy. This I've, this much I know. I really like that guy. Did you like uh, Dave McCormick, Mr. Producer? We'll talk to Oz and we'll talk to Carla. We'll see how that goes. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We have fantastic callers lined up here, and I can't get to all of you. We have a trucker from Canada. We have a cop in the Washington, D.C. area. We have a vet who's talking about, and, and most of you are talking about American Marxism, and this is what I try to explain. It's not about whether there's a poster with the cover of my book behind my head when I do my Sunday show. This is a, a, a combination of a variety of, of internascent movements that we're trying to deal with, trying to explain. It's part of the national vocabulary, the national language, and the media has to begin to pick up on it, and those who analyze these things need to. That's the point. But some people just don't get it. And even though they're in high positions, they just don't get it. We have a shot at taking the Senate seat in Nevada, Mr. Producer. So we should bring our friend Adam Laxalt on. Doesn't have to be this minute. We have a shot at taking the governorship in New York. We really do. You remember who I endorsed there, Mr. Producer? Do, do you remember who I endorsed? Lee Zeldin. Yeah, you endorsed your county commissioner or whatever. Uh, that may be a tough sell. All right, let's take some calls real fast here. Let's go to a Canadian friend. Uh, well, let's go there. Rochester, New York, the great WHAM. We love our affiliate there. Matt, how are you, sir? Yellow. Good, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, like sir. Thank you for what you do to draw attention and talk about things that the rest of the media bullies won't and what big tech suppresses from their viewers. The trucker Thank story you. is so inspiring. I hope all you guys stand your ground and keep fighting for freedom. I've been following this from the beginning when it took off in Vancouver, and the smear attempt has been just evident from the start. It's been clear as day from the racist name-calling to questioning their motives. When one person shows up at a protest and they do a bad thing, we learned. In the Let's stop right there, by the way, Matt. This is typical of the media. They found a group of thugs who had 13 weapons, who tried to attach themselves to this truckers' movement. The truckers' movement has said, we have nothing to do with these people. We're trying to keep this as clean as possible. But the media used that as part of their smear machine. And they do that in the United States, too. So now suddenly all the truckers are militiamen. Now we know that's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. All the news people are militiamen. How do you like that? Go ahead, Matt. Uh, All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. It was an excellent call. Again, we love our friends in Rochester, New York. Let us move to our friends in and around Washington, D.C., the Patriots, that is. Bill, the great WMAL. Go right ahead, my friend. Bill, what an honor to talk to you. My father says we're lucky to be alive the same time you are. Wow. I'm calling as a 17. Yeah, we love you, Mark. You're a great, great, great American. I'm a 17-year veteran of the D.C. Police Department, and I'm scheduled to lose my job because I've got natural immunity. The mayor and the district doesn't want to abide us. So there's between five and 700 of us, yeah, that are about to be fired. Unbelievable. Natural immunity is the way to go if you have it, if you can get it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, does your union represent you? Any kind of lawsuit bring brought, or the, or well, the courts here that just don't give a damn? Yes, sir. They're in they're in D.C. Superior Court, and a judge is actually going to decide our fate, whether we listen to the mayor or the D.C. Superior Court judge is going to say tomorrow, yeah. no, y'all are fired. So, holy mackerel! Supposed to happen today, but it's been pushed to tomorrow. Hmm. It's amazing, particularly now where the mandate has essentially been lifted on everybody else. Have you noticed? Except up in all Canada, of course. And all over the world. Yeah? Yeah. It's ridiculous, because this pandemic has pretty much run its course. It's pretty much run its course. Not for every human being, but it's pretty much run its course. That's why they're not pushing the vaccines from the uh, White House anymore. You don't even hear about it. That's why the media don't have the death count up there like they did with Trump and not with Biden. Bill, God bless you, my friend. You hang in there. I feel for you. All you folks who've called, Frankie, Robin, Wayne, Julia, all of you who want to talk about American Marxism, you are great patriots, and thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow. we got three more hours. Take care of yourselves. We salute all you heroes, all of you. All you truckers, hang in there. We love you, and I'll see you tomorrow. 